James this morning. James chapter 1 and James chapter 2. We'll start in James 1. We're going to take a look at a character quality that isn't by name mentioned in the scriptures. But it is exhibited uh, all the way through the Word of God. You'll see it. I think you'll see it very plainly. And uh, it's one that's a very, very important character quality for all of us to have in order to have the kind of relationship with the Lord and the kind of Christian life that we ought to have. So James chapter 1, let's all stand together, if you would, please, in honor of the Word of God. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And then go over to chapter 2, if you would. And in chapter 2, look with me in verses 17 through 20. Verse 17 says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works, Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask your blessings upon this time together in your word. We pray, Lord, that you would remove any distractions that would divert our attention from the Word of God. And Father, I pray that the Spirit of God would have freedom in this place today. Lord, speak to hearts, and may our, our hearts be fertile ground on which uh, the Word of God can fall and the Spirit of God can uh, do its work. We, we pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way in our hearts and lives this morning. And Lord, as you speak to our hearts, Help us to say yes to you, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In James 1, it says that uh, it's important to not just hear the Word of God, but to do the Word of God. In other words, respond. Do something about what that which you have heard. Don't just let it fall on your ears, but we need to take the initiative to do something about it. And then you go to the next chapter, and the, really these two passages go hand in hand because you go to the next chapter and it talks about faith. And basically he's saying there's two kinds of faith. There's a dead faith that doesn't do anything for you. It's just simply, simply an acknowledgement. But then there is a live faith, and that live faith always works. And it works because... Uh, you respond to the things that you say that you know and the, the, that you say you believe. The thing we're looking at uh, this morning is the, the character quality of initiative. An initiative is the planning for and doing of an action. Uh, the right kind of initiative is always based on faith in God and faith in His Word. Uh, 
it's, it's important that we not just uh, be uh, just be uh, sitters, <laughs> I guess. We need to be doers. Uh, the Bible says, don't be hearers of the word only, but be doers of the word of God. And there's examples all the way through Scripture of, of people who responded, and they took the initiative because of what they knew, because of what they believed, because of what the word of God said. They did something uh, in, in return. Uh, you, you look at Nehemiah uh, in the Old Testament. Nehemiah got word. He didn't even see it himself. He just simply got word back that the walls of Jerusalem had deteriorated and had fallen and, and was in, were in disrepair. And he knew why the walls of Jerusalem were in disrepair. Because Jerusalem itself and the nation of Israel had been in disrepair. And spiritually, they were not what they, they should have been. And God gave him a real burden to, uh, because the walls were down. Now, he could have just sat there and lamented over the walls being down, but he didn't. He took initiative. He did something about what he knew to be the, 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 uh, the problem. He was, he was, he was uh, solution-oriented, not problem-oriented, uh, because, because he, had, he had initiative. And he responded to those things that he heard, and he was the one that God used to build, rebuild the wall and, and gather, Jeru gather the, the citizens of Israel together and have the walls rebuilt. Uh, in the New Testament, there's a story of a man who is, uh, is crippled, and he's in a bed, and four men uh, try to bring him to Jesus. He, Jesus is in a house. They can't get into him. The place is packed. So what do they do? Well, they took initiative. They went, crawled up on the roof, took that guy up on the roof, tore the roof apart, and let that man down. It wasn't for their initiative that, that uh, and responding to the faith they had. Now, they believed that Jesus could heal them. But you know what? That doesn't do you any good if you don't act on it. And that's exactly what they did. They acted on it. Uh, there was a mother who persisted, uh, the Syrophoenician woman persisted after Jesus because her daughter uh, had an evil spirit. And she was ignored she was pushed off to the side, and then Jesus finally confronted her toward the end and said, listen, listen, she was a, she was a Gentile woman. He obviously was a Jew, and he said, uh, should, the, should the king uh, give his bread to the dogs? Now, what a thing to say. But you say, oh, that was terrible, and that was mean. No, he was testing her spirit. And she just looked at him and she said, Yea, Lord, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall off the rich man's table. And uh, he, uh, he, he went ahead and he healed her. And he, in fact, he not only healed her, but he gave her a compliment. And the compliment was that, that she had, she, he had not seen such faith in all of Israel. I mean, not only did he compliment her being a Gentile, but he also really put down uh, the Jews because they did not have the kind of faith that this woman had. And, and her faith caused her to act. She had initiative. Um, Zacchaeus uh, wanted to see Jesus. And, you know, if, if, if you've been in Sunday school as a kid, you've said, you know, you've, you've sung the song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. What did he do? Climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. 
And uh, he, he got up in that sycamore tree because he was too short. He couldn't see the Lord. And so he took the initiative to do so, got up in the tree and, and saw the Lord Jesus Christ and ended up meeting him later on face to face. Uh, a Roman centurion had a servant who was sick and sought out Christ on behalf of his servant. And uh, the man was sick of the palsy. He was grievously tormented. And he told, he sought the Lord out. He took the initiative to do so. And again, a Gentile man. And, and uh, said, listen, you don't even have to come to my house. I'm not worthy of you to come to my house. You just speak the word. My servant will be healed. I know that about you. And uh, his, his, his initiative and his faith work together. Uh, when, when faith falters, initiative fails. And so if there's a lack of initiative, that's an indication that there's a problem. And there's a problem with faith. Uh, initiative is important because it's, it's seeing and doing what needs to be done, often without really being prompted, um, without someone on the outside pushing us and, and telling us what needs to be done. Uh, Nehemiah just simply got the message that the walls had been torn down. Nobody told him to go there and do it. Nobody even said, you know, somebody needs to grab this bull by the horn, so to speak, and, and get the job done. None of that happened. He had faith, and that faith caused his initiative to act. An initiative... Uh, initiative should be, should be based on faith, and it should be based on faith in God's word. It's, it, it, it's God's grace in our lives accomplishing God's will in all areas, whether they be big areas or whether they be small areas. And if the faith is what it ought to be, if it's a live faith, then there's going to be some initiative that's going to accompany it. Um, an initiative is, is based on, on faith in the word of God and acting on its commands and acting on its principles and doing so by the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, but initiative can go in the wrong direction. Uh, it's possible to have wrong initiative. Initiative can actually be sin. For instance, in 1 Samuel chapter 13, Saul was king. And he was told that he was not to go into battle against the Philistines until the prophet Samuel came by. And after Samuel came by, then he could send the, the, the troops into battle. Well, Samuel delayed his coming for whatever reason. And uh, he was not there at the time that Saul expected him to be there. One of the things that he was going to do was he was going to offer a sacrifice before they went into battle. Well, he saw the, the troops were pressing on him, so he decided to take things into his own hands. Now, that's not faith. That's foolishness. That's jumping ahead of God. And he had initiative, but it was misdirected, and it was not directed by faith. When, when initiative is not directed by faith, it becomes sin. And he went ahead and stepped into an area that he had no business doing as king. He was not a priest. He wasn't called to give a sacrifice. And, and he stepped out of his area into another man's area. Uh, David had a desire. And his desire was to uh, 
not only build himself a house, but as he was getting ready to build and in the process of building his house, he realized, wait a minute, there's not, there's not a house for my God. And so he, he uh, uh, had that desire and began to gather materials together in order to, to build a house for God and uh, build a temple. And God told the prophet, said, listen, go see David and tell him, no, no. He's had too much blood on his hands, uh, needs to be someone who is a king of peace. And uh, so it passed on to Solomon on that particular case. David, when he heard that, he backed off. But he had a desire, and his desire was the right desire, and it was motivated by the right thing. Just be careful in the area of initiative. Don't get ahead of God. Make sure that your initiative is based upon faith and trust in what the Lord would have you to do. There are some things that develop initiative in our, in our lives, and three, three things in particular. Number one is meditation and spending time in the Word of God. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Joshua. Book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And I want you to look down with me in verse 8. Joshua 1 and verse 8. Speaking of the word of God, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. And he's getting ready to, God's getting ready to send Joshua into the promised land. And the, the, uh, the children of Israel, they're going to go conquer the land that God has given them. And he says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. That means to think on. That means to mull over, meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. This is an interesting verse because it's the only verse in all of Scripture in your King James Bible that has the word success in it. Success is only used one time, and it's directly connected with the word of God. But notice what the purpose of meditation is. It says, it says uh, that uh, th this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Number one, we need to observe it. We need to think on it. We need to know what it says. We need to mull it over in our hearts and minds. But then secondly, you observe, not just so you can have the knowledge and not so you can know what it says, but so you can do something with what you know. And that takes initiative, doing something with what you know. And it takes faith. Uh, you won't act on that which you don't believe. If you believe something and, and it's a live faith, then the Bible says that you'll have works that will show your faith because you'll have that initiative and that initiative will spring forth out of a, out of a heart of faith and out of a heart of belief. Um, in Luke chapter 16, the Lord Jesus gave an example of two men that died. One man died, went to Abraham's bosom. The other man died and went to hell. 
And the Bible says that in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments. And some, some people say, well, that was just a made-up story that Jesus told. That isn't what it says, because Jesus said there was a certain man. And uh, so there was, this, this was something that actually took place. Uh, that, 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 uh, uh, that poor man, Lazarus, is still in, in heaven with God, and that, uh, that rich man is still in hell after all these years. That's a real, it's a real account. And the rich man had a conversation with those that were in Abraham's bosom. And, and here's what he said. He said, send Lazarus, send Lazarus. He, he wanted Lazarus to be sent to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool his tongue. He asked for Lazarus to be raised from the dead, to go back and tell his brothers, because he didn't want them coming to that place. Now, that wasn't going to be possible. And the answer that was given was that if they don't believe Moses and the prophets, then they're not going to believe even if somebody raises raised from the dead. And that was proven to be true, obviously, in the, in the situation with, with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Uh, even though there were 500 brethren at once that saw his resurrection, there are many to this day that deny the fact that the resurrection even took place. But the idea is, is that that rich man in hell, I know it was too late, but he had some belief. And he said, look, I, not only do I, do I uh, believe that my brothers are in trouble, but they need to be warned. And so he took the initiative to ask if, uh, if they could be ministered to, which, which they could not. Uh, what, what, got, you know, what got Noah up every morning to go on out and, and with his family build that ark that he built for year upon year upon year before the floods came? Well, uh, he believed in God, and he believed what God told him, even though he had, at, up to that point, he had never seen rain before, but God told him that it was going to rain, that water was going to come down out of the heavens and was going to flood the earth. And he believed that. You know what it did? It kept him going all those years building that ark. I don't know if you've ever been to the Ark Encounter or not uh, down in Kentucky, but uh, that is, I'll tell you what, that is, that is some kind of boat. <laughs> it really is. They built it to the specifications of Scripture, and uh, uh, it, the thing was huge. And one of the things I thought of when I was looking at that, my wife and I went there several years ago, and I thought, you know, what was it that kept, you know, kept Noah and his family going because, because they, were, they were it. They were the only ones who believed God on that whole thing. You know what kept them going is the fact that they did believe God and they had faith and they had trust in what God said. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. He just sang a song based on that, on that passage of scripture. And uh, uh, what, what is necessary is faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So meditation on God's word will help your initiative. Second thing that will help initiative is your love for God, just loving God. When, when the Lord Jesus uh, was asked what the great commandment was in, in Scripture, he said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. And, and uh, it, it, it's, it's important because that is the top commandment. 
of all of the commandments that are given, the most important commandment is for us to love God. And loving God causes you to believe in God, and it also causes you to have initiative to do what's necessary, whatever it is that God would have you to do. Uh, you go over in, your, in, the, in the Old Testament to 1 Samuel 17, and uh, David uh, goes to the battlefront uh, to deliver food to his brothers uh, under direct order of his father. And uh, when he gets there, he finds out that they're, they're up against the Philistines and that every day there's a, a nine and a half foot giant that comes out. And he ridicules the nation of Israel, but even worse than that, he ridicules Israel's God. And David sees that and he gets upset. And he decides that, that somebody has to stand against that giant because of what he's saying about their God and what he's saying about their nation. Because he loved God, David said, is there not a cause? What was that? That was initiative. But that initiative came out of that strong faith that he had and that strong love that he had for his God. And, and uh, he loved God and it just grieved him to see his God reproached on a daily basis. So out of that was born initiative to go and fight the giant. And you know the rest of the story. He ended up getting hit between the eyes with a, with a, a rock. I believe God supernaturally guided that rock. And uh, uh, he ended up uh, cutting off the giant's head and uh, going into battle. So meditation helps us with initiative. Uh, love for God gives us the initiative that we need. And then the last thing is love for others. Love for others. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew 9. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. Matthew 9, 36. I go up to verse 35. It says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. And were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Um, that, that all came forth because of the compassion he had in his heart for the, the people. They were, they were in dire straits. They were not in a good condition. And he loved those people, and it caused him to act. Uh, go to uh, Matthew chapter 14, just over a few pages in your Bible. Matthew 14. And look down in verse 14. Matthew 14, 14. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 14 says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. Because he loved them, he did something about it. By the way, the whole reason why Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and for my sins was because he loved us. Because he loved us. And that love caused him 
to act upon it. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When Jesus went, uh, before he went to the cross, he went to the garden and spent some time in prayer. And one of the things he prayed was he said, If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Now, I don't believe for five seconds that he was asking to get out of the cross. He came for the cross. He came to die for our sins. But in the process of doing so, there's something that happened on that cross. And the, the cup of degradation, the, the cup of the wrath of God, the cup of, of all the consequences of sin were poured out on Jesus Christ. And I believe it was at that point where he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He did not say that because he did not know the answer to that question. He said that for you and for me so that we would realize that, that uh, because of all the sin that, that uh, had been poured out on him, that he had to receive that cup of degradation and that caused caused his father to turn his back on him um, because he bore your sin. He bore my sin on that cross. What, what would cause somebody to do that? Well, you say, well, he's God. Yes, he was God, but he loved us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. What is there about the world that is lovely? Honestly, absolutely nothing. And, uh, and, and really, uh, if, if uh, uh, because he knows everything about us, there's a whole lot that's unlovely about us. And yet God loves us anyway. And because of that, he moves. And the Bible says that we need to have love for others. And the, that love for others causes us to have initiative to do that which is necessary. If, if, if initiative is lacking in your life, there's something wrong. You say, well, there's, uh, there's no initiative in so-and-so's life because they're lazy. No, that's not their, it's not their real problem. The problem is they, they don't have the faith that they need that needs to act and is strong enough to act. Uh, initiative is, is uh, absolutely necessary. If you've got a, you got a, a Sunday school teacher who won't, uh, doesn't really have an interest in, in improving his or her class or her teaching methods or his, his uh, uh, trying to help his class to grow and to reach other kids. Um, the problem isn't that they're lazy, although they might be lazy. The problem isn't that, uh, uh, that they don't know, uh, they don't have the ability to do those things. That's not it at all. The problem is not spending the time you ought to in Scripture and being motivated by it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Doesn't love God like he should. And last of all, he doesn't love those kids. That's really why the initiative isn't there. Initiative is just simply taking steps to seek after God with your whole heart. One of the phrases I find showing up a lot, particularly in the book of Psalms, uh, two phrases I find. One is my heart is fixed. And that means it's just planted firm and you can't move it. But then the other one, that the, and I think they're related. Uh, in fact, I know they're related. Uh, the other term that's used is I sought the Lord with my 
whole heart, with my whole heart. Uh, initiative takes steps to seek after God with, with your whole heart and making the best of opportunities to be able to witness to others. Uh, assuming responsibility for physical and spiritual encouragement and help needed by those that are around us. And when we, when we, when we have when we have that strong faith in God's word, when we have a strong love for God, and we have a love for others, then the initiative kicks in. When the initiative starts, starts backing off, there's a problem. There's a problem in one or possibly all of those areas in our lives. There's some, there's some tests that we can ask ourselves, questions we can ask ourselves as a test, uh, to see whether or not our initiative is lacking. Let me give you some, some questions to ponder this morning. Do you wait to be told to do something that you know needs to be done, or do you just, because you see the need, you do it? Do you introduce yourself to strangers here, uh, strangers, visitors here at church? We've got a lot of visitors here in church this morning. Got a family over here that's visiting with us. We've got some folks here that are visiting with us. Um, do you go see them? You say, boy, you're putting a lot of pressure on me, preacher, right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want us to be known as a friendly church. And, and we, we, we need to show an issue. Can I be honest with you for just a minute? Some of you folks, you come in on Sunday morning, you find your spot. And woe be unto anybody that sits in your spot. You know what I mean. And uh, uh, it doesn't have your name on it, but it might as well. Uh, but uh, you, you find your spot, and you sit there, and you don't say anything to anybody. Why not? You need to get up. You need to show some initiative and go, and go, go, go introduce yourself to others and, and uh, try to be a blessing and try to be an encouragement. When's the last time you initiated an opportunity to witness to somebody? When was the last time you spoke up for the Lord and, and gave a verbal witness? Uh, when you see something that needs to be done, do you take initiative and do it? Do you take initiative to keep your home and your car looking good and in good repair? Uh, do you help keep your church attractive and in good repair? And when it isn't, does it bother you? Well, I, I can tell you whether or not it bothers you, because if it bothers you, and it bothers you properly, then you'll do something about it. Do you, do you show initiative by asking forgiveness and being reconciled to those who are contrary to you? Do you take the initiative? Do you pray and read your Bible every day? You know what that takes? That just takes fortitude and initiative to do so. Back years ago, when I was at, at uh, First Bible Baptist Church in Green Bay, we had a, we had a man come in and speak. One, I, I, remember, the, I remember the time. I, don't, it was the, I believe it was in the summertime. And he, he came in to speak on a Sunday night. And uh, he preached a message. And I'll never forget it. The name of the message was Water from Bethlehem's Well. And it's about the story about um, David being in battle with his mighty men. And his mighty men heard David make a comment about 
desiring some water from Bethlehem's well. Now, it wasn't an order. It wasn't anything that I'm sure that he asked someone to do. You know, it's, it's like, boy, you know what would taste good right now? Would be a, 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 a glass of water from Bethlehem's well. Man, that's a, that, that's a, that's a refreshing spring. These three guys heard it, they risked their lives, they went and they got the water, and they brought it to David. Again, nobody told him to do it. Nobody gave him the order. He didn't even express that desire in a, in a way that would make it sound like he expected them to do it. And in fact, when they brought it back and they gave it to him, he saw that and this was, you know, the first, time I, the first time I read this passage of Scripture, I thought, boy, that was disrespectful what he did. But it really wasn't. It was very respectful what he did. He did not keep that water. He poured it on the ground. He said, I'm not worthy to drink this because that represents the lives and the blood of these guys. They were willing to risk their life for me. Why did they do that? Well, because they loved David. They loved him. And that love drove them to, to have an issue. I remember sitting, listening to that message. And the, the message had, had, had some other things implied in it. And uh, um, he, the preacher went into specifics about being a specific blessing to specific people. God got all over me that night. And it, it, about, about 9 or 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday night, uh, I found myself... Uh, over at Pastor Keck's driveway, and I was washing his car that night. Why? Because God got all over my heart. And, and I said, you know, I'm not just going to listen to a message. I'm not going to say I'm going to do something later on this week. I'm going to do it right now because I can. That's what initiative is. Initiative acts upon what you know in God's word and have faith for. Because you love God and because you love others. What are you doing for God because you see the need? Initiative. Um, you know, we looked at it here just a little while ago. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God took the first step. He took the initiative to send the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, to die for the sins of the entire world. Once he did that, now the ball's in our court. And God expects us to, to take the initiative to know that we're sinners, that we're on our way to hell, that the only way that we can go to heaven is by putting all our faith and all our trust in Jesus Christ and him alone. And then cry out to God for mercy and ask him to save us, realizing that it's not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy that he saved us. And because God showed initiative to send the Lord Jesus Christ, now he says to us, uh, you need to have the initiative to trust me by faith. And again, faith is the thing that, that is so intricately connected with, with initiative. If, there, if the faith falters, the initiative fails. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Before we begin the invitation, before we have a word of prayer, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever taken the initiative?
to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you realized that you're a sinner on your way to hell and you realize that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that he paid the full price so that you might have eternal life, so that your sins might be forgiven and you, you could go to heaven for all eternity. You cried out to him for mercy and asked him to be your savior. If you've done that, if you know for sure your sins are forgiven, if you know for sure you're on your way to heaven this morning, I wonder with, if with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, just raise your hand as a testimony in that fact. Say, Pastor, here's my hand. I know for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven because I've trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. All right, thank you. Put your hands down. How many of you would be just as honest and say, you know, that's, that's not true in my life yet. I have not yet trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And uh, I'm concerned. And... Uh, I'd, I'd like you to pray for me. Is there anyone like that by an uplifted hand? You just say, Pastor, pray for me. I don't know for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know. It bothers me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't point you out. I wouldn't embarrass you for the world, but I'd really, caught, I'd really count it a privilege to be able to pray for you. Anyone like that? Say, Pastor, here's my hand. All right, you're here this morning, and the Lord has spoken to your heart about initiative because you're faltering in faith. You're faltering in loving God. Boy, when, when, I, when I see a misstep in my life, one of the first two things I look at is, is my faith in God what it ought to be and is my love for God what it ought to be. If initiative is beginning to falter, it's because there's a problem with with uh, uh, faith, there's a problem with loving God, and there's also a problem with loving others. This would be the time, this would be the day during this invitation to take care of that, and do business with God. Father, I pray that you would speak to hearts this morning with a crowd this, this size. It would not surprise me if there's someone here that does not have the sin question settled in their life. And Father, I pray that this might be the day that they realize that they need Christ and you alone as their Savior. Father, I pray for those that might be here that are saved, but they're faltering a little bit in that, that area of initiative. In, a, in particular areas of the life, Lord, I don't know what they are, and it's not important, I know, but you do, and they do. Father, I pray that they would do business with you this morning and realize that their, their faith needs to increase, their love for you needs to increase, and their love for others so that they might have that initiative that's necessary to honor, serve, and please you. Please bless this invitation. Please work in hearts. And as you speak to hearts, our, our prayer and our desire is that we would say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around as the organ begins to play. Invitations open. If you need to do business with God, this is the time to do it. Altars open. Do you have that initiative? Well, if initiative is faltering, then it's a problem with faith. It's a problem with love for God. It's a problem with loving others.